chapter. The word of the Lord says, And when Jesus had entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lieth at home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. Jesus saith unto him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldest come under my roof. But speak the word only, and my servant shall be healed. Talk about faith. He wasn't even a Jew, a Roman soldier, Gentile. For I am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this man, go, and he goeth. And to another, come, and he cometh. To my servant, do this, and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, he was marveled. He said unto them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in all of Israel. Skipping down to verse 13, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way, as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. Whatever you believe, it's going to be done. And he said, if you just say the word, it's, he's going to be healed. And so Jesus said, so it be unto thee. And his servant was healed in the self-same hour because of the faith that he had. Just speak the word, Lord. I want to preach to you today from this title, Portable Power portable power. Turn to a few people around you, wave at them, high five them, do what you do. God bless you. May be be seated. The U.S. electrical grid is the largest interconnected machine on earth. 200,000 miles of high voltage transmission lines and 5.5 million miles of local distribution lines connecting thousands and thousands of buildings and homes to power generating plants goes on to factories and homes and businesses. And the reason that we can go over to the wall and flick the switch and the light bulb turns on in the ceiling, it turns on and illuminates the room, is because that light bulb is connected to the power plant by a wire. There are substations placed throughout cities and communities to provide a hub uh, for all these wires to feed into so that people can have power. I don't know how close or how far you live from a power plant. Maybe you live next to one and that is the answer to all of our questions. But isn't it incredible that a facility that can produce electricity miles and miles from your house and you can put a fork in the wall and you will feel the power that has been produced from miles away. 
It's amazing. Try it sometime. But what happens when you go over to the switch on the wall, you push it or you flick it and the light doesn't come on? You hope and pray that it's the light bulb that burn out. And you look around, sadly, and everything else is dark. And you haven't done anything. Your wires are still connected to the power line, and, but no power is getting to you. And if that lasts longer than five minutes, you really start to worry. And your heart sinks in your chest. Because you remember that you live in southwest Florida. And your AC is not working now. And this anxiety causes your heart rate to increase, which raises your body temperature and you start, start to perspire. And things are about to go to the next level real quick. And I'm not talking about going up. We all got that experience a few years ago, three years ago with Hurricane Irma. Need I say any more? These altars are open. That's all I have. Bringing back those memories, our heart is travailing before the Lord. But if you happen to have something called a generator, it's a little power plant on wheels. You can wheel that next to your house and start it up and plug in as much as it can handle. Your lights don't know that the power is not coming from the power plant. Your fans do not know and your fridge doesn't know where that power comes from. All it knows is that, hey, I feel the power again and I can start working again. And since you've got wheels on that generator, wherever you wheel it, wherever you take it, it will provide the same power that you get from the power plant miles away. Obviously not as much, but it provides the same type of power. And that is the power of mobility. It brings the power to you. It brings the power to your doorstep wherever you are. And we live in a, a mobile age where there are things that we like and uh, we go to places. And the only thing that makes it better is, is if you can put it on wheels and it can bring it to you. For instance... Hospitals, God forbid that you ever need to go. They have a permanent physical address for a reason, and if you need their services, you need to go to them. But thankfully, in times of emergencies, we have something called an ambulance which is a portable hospital. It's a hospital that is put on wheels, and it can come to you wherever you may be. That is the power of portability, and you're thankful that the hospital can come and reach you and start working on you, whatever situation you're in, as opposed to you trying to get to that one place. There are RVs and campers and even tiny homes where you put your house on wheels, and your home is wherever you are. There are restaurants where you go and eat. But we also have things called food trucks, restaurants on wheels. Thank God for them. That can come to you and they can park in your driveway. A blessing and a cursing all in one. And if Krispy Kreme ever figured this out, we'd all be dead and broke. 
this is why we don't uh, see the see and hear the ice cream truck anymore. You guys know who I'm talking about? Man, I miss him. The guy you gave all your allowance to. You worked all week doing chores all week long. And when your parents put those dollar bills in your hands and your fingers finally closed around those, that money, that dollar bills, and you've got that toy already picked out in your mind where this money is going. And then, then you hear a familiar sound. Ice cream truck is coming. And he knows you just got paid. That's why he turned the siren on. He's coming for it. And you run outside because you don't want to miss him as he goes by your house. But as you get older, not wiser, you get older, you would hear the music and you'd be able to tell exactly how far away he is. Oh, he's three streets over in front of that light greenhouse. I know where he's at. No need to rush to the end of the driveway. I've got four minutes and 32 seconds before he comes and takes all my money. I've got time. So i got time to walk, and I'll wait for him. He isn't around anymore. I figured this out. He's not, the ice cream truck man is not around because he bought his own island in the Caribbean with a mansion on it with my, with my chore money. That's why he's gone. Because he understood the power of portability. If you can put wheels on it and it can come to you, that says something. Aren't you grateful that we serve a living God? He is not dead and he's not some idol we put on a shelf somewhere that can be left behind at our home. No, he is not a God of the dead, but he is a God of the living. And God is a spirit. He is alive and his spirit is moving today just as it was hovering upon the face of the waters in the early days. Our God is not bound by space or time and there are no limitations to his power and his presence. Isaiah 66 says, Thus saith the Lord, The heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye build unto me, and where is the place of my rest? God is so majestic, and he is so powerful, that when he sits on his throne in heaven, the earth becomes his footstool. That tells me, no matter how big our problem is, no matter how bad things get in their life, no matter how much they've turned around and, and what kind of hardship that you are facing, all of your difficulties and all of your struggles are already under his feet because the earth is his footstool. As much turmoil that there might be in your life and as bad as you might think it is, it barely registers an itch. On the feet of God. I'm not here to belittle your circumstance, but if the whole earth is God's footstool, then your life, your situation is just a speck 
compared to the power that God has in his little pinky toe that's resting upon this earth. I'm thankful that we serve a God who is so mighty and is so great that he sits on his throne and the earth is his footstool. He doesn't even have to get off his throne and your problem can be taken care of because it's already under his feet. The problem is is our, our, our brain needs to make that connection. That our problem's already under his feet. We forget about that, and that's how great our God is. But sometimes we're, we're hanging our head in defeat, or we're just focused too much on our circumstance, and all we need to do is to look up. That's all we need to do is just to look up to remind us and see the throne of God in heaven and to see his feet hovering over this earth because that's where he rests his feet. They're higher than us. They're higher than your ways. They're higher than your problems. They're higher than your situation. God is in control because the earth is his footstool and we are underneath his feet and therefore our problems are under his feet. There are only a few times in Scripture that we can see God get off his throne. It doesn't say that, but we can infer that. And so I would say when he does, that's probably a pretty big deal. If he just sits on his throne and just speaks and things happen, just speaks and the world is created out of nothing. He just speaks and light comes and, and animals appear. And so I would say when he gets off his throne, that might be a pretty big deal. First instance we see is on the first page of the Bible where we see God forming man from the dust of the earth. I picture him kneeling down and, 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 and scooping up some dirt and, and molding man from the dust of the earth. And that would be a little more difficult if you were seated on the throne and you're reaching down and grabbing some dirt. But hey, he's God, he can do it. But I kind of imagine him a, a personal God where he says, I'm going to get off my throne for this one and I'm going to get down and I'm just going to get on my knees and I'm going to grab some earth and I'm going to make my most precious creation. That's how I imagine he made man. But the most impactful time when God got off his throne was when mankind was at its lowest point, suffocating in our sinful state. As the psalmist describes in Psalm 18, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God, he heard my voice out of his temple, and my cry came before him even into his ears. The cry of humanity traveled light years and reached the throne room of God and even into his ears, and he heard mankind's cry. Aren't you grateful that no matter how high the heavens are, no matter how far away they might be, God's throne is still reachable. That he can still hear your cry. He can still hear your prayer when you get down and you sob and you weep before him. That your prayers, they don't get lost somewhere in space. But no, they make it all the way into his temple, into his ear, and he hears our prayers. That's why we shouldn't stop praying. 
That's why we shouldn't stop believing and stop praying and interceding for that lost family member, for those that are backslidden who once knew the truth, for those that are in need. We still need to pray for them because our prayers are still bombarding heaven. And there's going to come a day where God is going to answer those prayers. He says, I've heard your prayers. I've heard them for long enough. And now it's time for me to do something about your prayers. That's why we don't need to stop praying for our friends, our family. Stop. We don't need to stop praying for this city. Stop. We don't need to stop praying for revival because they're bombarding heaven. They're reaching his throne no matter how far away it is. I'm thankful that we serve a God that is alive and can hear the prayers of his people. Mankind's sinful state had gotten out of hand. And God was going to do something about it. And so he got off his throne in heaven and he made himself a body made of a woman. And he came to this earth and he, he walked among us. He walked among his people, his creation for 33 years for the sole purpose of becoming that sacrificial lamb that would take away the sins of the world. And it's his death upon the cross that rent the veil in the temple from the top to the bottom and in essence opened the doors to his throne room for anyone to enter it, anyone who desired to go. The death of Jesus Christ brought the throne of God much closer to humanity. Now all those who desire to go or repent of their sins and are washed in the blood of the Lamb and baptized in Jesus' name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, they have been given access to the throne room of God because God first got off his throne and came to earth. Jesus, the death of Jesus brought the throne of God much closer to humanity. And the throne of God is not so far away now. It's moved much closer. It's more accessible now than it has ever been. And after all that, after getting beat and getting whipped beyond recognition so that he could bring the throne of grace closer to the people's lives, even still, even still, people reject him and don't want anything to do with him. I don't know about you, but I'm beyond grateful that he brought that throne to me. I'm grateful beyond that he brought the throne of grace into my life and I can experience his power, his love, his grace, his mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for bringing the throne closer to my life that I can come in before your throne. Amen. Jesus reduced the distance between us and God's throne. By his death upon the cross that rent the veil. Sometimes, no matter what's going on in our life, sometimes it feels like he's so far away. God, your throne is up there in heaven and I'm way down here. I'm so far away from your power and so far from your grace and, and love as it seems. How could it ever reach me? And 
Even though we may feel like that at times, I'm here to tell you today that you don't need to believe that lie. Don't buy into the lie that God is so far away that he cannot hear you, that he cannot hear your cry or your voice, or that he doesn't know where you're at. I'm here to tell you, he knows exactly where you're at. He knows what you're going through. He knows the pain that you feel. Amen. He's a lot closer than we really think he is because Paul tells us, that God is much closer. Acts 17, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they may feel after him and find him, though he be not very far from every one of us. And so I'm here to tell you today that if you need God in your life, he's not very far from you today. You can reach out to him and feel after him. He hasn't forgotten you. He hasn't forsaken you. On the contrary, he died for you. So how can he forget about you? If he died for you, how can he forget? If you need him to touch your life, he's not very far. You just need to keep feeling after him. If you need to push through the despair and push through the pain and push through the heartache, sometimes you gotta you gotta fight to get to the throne room of God because the enemy is gonna try to block access and keep you from getting in there because the enemy knows if you make it to the throne room of God, he has no more power in your life, he has no more say in your life, and so he's gonna try to prevent you to get there. But I'm here to tell you today that I'm gonna make it to the throne of God. There's nothing gonna block me from getting there. No matter what pain, no matter what heartache coming, I'm going to push through it and I'm going to worship him at the foot of him. I know, Pastor, I've got, I've got goosebumps and I can feel his presence, but I need to get to the throne. I need to get to the throne. I need to grab a hold of it and let his power work in me and work through me. But sometimes I, don't, I feel like I don't have the strength to make it that far. Well, I'm here to tell you today that God will bring his throne to you. He'll bring his throne to you. I, I know the Bible says it's in heaven and uh, we're way down here. And, and maybe, God, I, I need you to put some wheels on your throne so that you can move them, move your throne and bring the power down to me. But I'm glad you prayed for that. Because he's already answered your prayers before you even prayed it. What would you say to your circumstance if you found out that the throne of God has wheels on it? What would you speak to your situation if you knew that God was moving his throne all the way from heaven and, and wheeling his power right down to you and, and bringing his throne right next to where you're sitting here today. What if God put wheels on his throne and says, hey, I'm going to bring my power down to you. You don't have to come up to me today, but I'm bringing my throne and I'm bringing my power down to you. Daniel, the prophet Daniel, as we've been talking about on Thursdays, he saw a vision Daniel 7, 9, I beheld till the thrones were cast down. Those were the thrones of the Gentile kingdoms. And the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was as white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. If God has wheels on his throne, 
then that means his throne can move. And if his throne becomes mobile, then wherever his throne is, God has complete dominion and authority and power over that place, over that situation. God's power becomes portable. Where you go, he can go. Wherever you are, God can get to you. His throne can reach you. His power can come to you. His throne can push through the obstacles and come down into your life. If you lose your way and stumble to the ends of the earth, you're not too far from him because God's throne has got some wheels on it and his power is portable can go anywhere and has dominion over everything we have no more excuses God put wheels on his throne and says I can wheel this thing anywhere we have no more excuses oh God I can't get to you well I'll come to you God I can't make it to church today well what if I, will you still worship me at home if I wheel my throne into your house? Sometimes we have our excuses, but God says, oh, I took away your excuses. I put wheels on my throne and I'll come to you. We'll see how, how hungry you are for righteousness. We'll see how much you want to touch from my power and my hand. I'll bring my throne to you wherever you go, wherever, however far you are, I can still reach you. Psalm 139 says, such knowledge is too wonderful me. Wow, God, wheels on your throne, amazing. It is high, I, I cannot attain it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Or whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me. And thy right hand, the right hand of authority and power, the right hand that holds the scepter of power, thy right hand shall hold me. Why? Because his throne's got wheels on it and God can go wherever he needs to go the throne of God can wheel right down the center aisle today and then what would we do God just wheeled his throne in here today we ignore it it's a little hard to ignore when the Bible says his throne is like a fiery flame you're going to feel it Feel the conviction of his spirit and his wheels are as burning fire. If we want, the th we want to get close to the throne of God, we better get ready to feel some heat in our life. God trying to turn up the heat, trying to burn out the impurities, cleanse our lives from the filthiness of the flesh of the spirit. That's what we're trying to do right now, trying to gather, prepare for a meeting with the Lord. Is we got to go through our house and let the fire of God purge everything in our life and in our home. Why? Because the throne of God is as a fiery flame. You want God in your life? Hope you got some heat protection. Because his throne's as a fiery fire and his wheels are as flames. And so if his throne wheeled up right beside you, would you reach out and grab it? Would you grab a hold of it or would you let, it, let the pain in your body say, oh, I can't reach that far? 
Would, it, would you let your situation keep you from worshiping or keep you from falling to your knees and crying out to him? We are without excuse now that we found out that God's throne has some wheels on it and he can go wherever he wants to go. And so I believe God's showing up here today. He wants to touch somebody. He wants to release some of his power, his healing power in somebody's life. But we got to be willing to reach out and feel after him. We have no more excuses when God will wheel his throne right next to you. Musicians, if you'd come. Roman centurion in our text knew and understand portable power. He served under authority. He served under power. He wasn't the one in charge. There was somebody above him that had more power than he did. And so he, since he served under authority, and if Caesar said something, then it was done. Whatever Caesar said is done. There's no, there's no arguing about it. Caesar, you're, you're not nice. Caesar, that's not fair. You did that to Caesar, you, were, you didn't talk anymore. You were, you were buried. It was Caesar's throne, whatever Caesar would say would be done, it would be as if Caesar's throne had wheels on it. Wherever his decree went, they had better do it. Because it was the same as Caesar standing there and speaking it from his throne into that room. And so he served under the authority of Caesar. And so if this centurion in our Bible received a message that said, Caesar wants you to go down to Egypt and wait for further instructions. What do you think the centurion would do? What he said, well, no, that's fake news. The only way I believe that is if I see Caesar with my own eyes and I specifically hear him tell me those words and whisper them and they come out of his mouth. Would he say that? If he was smart, he wouldn't. Because he understood that power is portable. And if he received the message that said go to Egypt, guess what? He ain't sticking around for lunch. He's going to Egypt. Because the words of the king just landed right before him. And he says, there's power here. And I better submit to this power and authority. Otherwise, I'm going to be in for something. And so he, even, he understood that even though Caesar's throne was in Rome, in essence, Caesar's throne had wheels on it because the power of Caesar's throne goes wherever his word goes. And so if he received that message to go to Egypt, he doesn't, if he doesn't act and respond as if Caesar's throne is right there and act as if he's hearing Caesar speak those words, then guess what? That centurion is going to be in some trouble. And so that is why when he tells Jesus... That his servant is home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. My servant is, he's messed up and he's, he's hurt real bad. And Jesus says, well, I'll come to him and I'll pray for him. Sounds like a great idea. Sure. And he says, no, Lord, I'm not even worthy that you can come into my house. Do you know what that really means? It really means that 
centurion didn't have time to tell his wife that he'd be bringing somebody home. And they didn't have time to clean the house. It's not that the centurion lived in a filthy house. No, it was clean. At least so he thought. And so he thought he lived in a clean house, but apparently if people are coming over, the house becomes filthy instantly. As soon as people show up, the scales are removed from their eyes, and, and what you thought was clean turns out to be the section of a landfill. My word. Thought I lived in a clean house. So that's why, Jesus, the real reason you can't come to my house. But in all sincerity, the centurion didn't feel worthy enough for Jesus to come into his house. And so the centurion knew that Jesus actually didn't even have to come to my house. He didn't have to come over. He didn't have to physically walk however far it was to come to my house and lay his hands upon my, my servant. All that Jesus had to do was to say the word, to speak the word, Lord. All you got to do, Jesus, is say, my servant is healed. That's enough. Because I understand uh, the power uh, of portable power. All you do is speak it, God, and that's it. I don't need anything else in my life. Why? Because the king just spoke something. And what the king speaks, it, it happens. The word goes forth from the king, and it does not return void. It accomplishes what it is sent to do. It is done. When the king speaks, it's done. When the word goes forth, it's done. The king doesn't need to show up and declare it again and let everyone in my house know because all he has to do is to say it and declare it one time and the power is released from his throne and it goes exactly where he's speaking about, exactly what he's talking about. And so the satyrian said, all you got to do, Lord, speak the word and it's done because I understand the power. I understand authority. I understand that if Caesar speaks, it's done. And so you are greater than Caesar. You don't, you don't even worthy to come into my house. Just speak it, and my servant is going to be healed. And Jesus said, whatever you believe, it's going to be done. And, and we know that immediately, uh, shortly after, the servant was healed. All because he just said, God, just speak it. You stand with me today. Ecclesiastes. 8 and 4 says, where the word of a king is, there is power. Where the word of the king is, there's power. The king doesn't even have to be there. But if he declares something, the king's power is there. The king can be across the world, but if he declares it, it's right there. The power is right there. The president can be off somewhere in another country. And if he says to do something, guess what? Back home, it gets done. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Wherever his king, the word goes, it's as if his throne has wheels on it. And it goes, shows up wherever the word is spoken. There is this is the real power of the throne. Just say the word. 
Just speak it, God. That's all I need to know. Because I understand that you have power. You have power and authority over everything in this world. You created this world from nothing. You spoke these things into existence. You spoke in this world that I'm living on just appeared out of nowhere. Why do I think that you have to come to my house, God? All you got to do is just say the word and I'm going to believe. Hey, the power is going. The power is being transmitted. I'm here to receive it. I'm going to release my faith up there to catch a hold of this power that is being released from the throne of God. When the centurion said this, what was Jesus' response? He said, this is the greatest demonstration of faith I have ever seen. There's not this great faith, no, and not in all of Israel. I haven't found any faith like this. From a Gentile, from a Roman, he just said, God, you just speak it and it's done. All I have to do is speak the word, and this man believes my very word. And there's not a shred of doubt in his mind because the King of kings and the Lord of lords just declared that my servant is healed. What can stand in the way? What can stop the word of God from happening as it's being spoken and declared? I just have to say, be healed. And this centurion believes so much in my power. He believes so much in me. And the power of my words that when he gets home, he's expecting his servant to be healed. Because somebody greater than Caesar just said, be healed. He didn't even show up. Jesus didn't even show up. He said, okay, I'll go and do something else. Easy enough for me. Same power. As if he came and laid his hand upon you where the, where the word of a king is, there is power. Jesus just spoke the word and it was as if the throne of the king showed up in that servant's room and the power and the majesty of God were just released in that place. And Jesus was thinking, if only my people, if only my people had that amount of faith, I haven't found it in all of Israel, That all I had to do was speak the word and they would say, let it be done, Lord. There'd be a lot more power released. There'd be a lot more healing released in people's lives, released in their life and released in their situation if they understood that where the the word of God is, there is his throne. There the power of the king is. But how often is our response as the Apostle Thomas said unless unless I see his hands I don't believe unless I thrust my hand into his side I don't believe it I don't believe it until pastor prays for me nothing's going to happen as if I have some kind of power You have access to the same God that I pray to. Until somebody lays hands on me, then I can't be healed. What does that do to God's power? That you can't be healed unless some human lays his hands on you. God's power is not that great enough. It has to pass through a human being in order for it to work. 
What does that say about God and His power? Scripture does exhort us to lay hands upon the sick, and I'm not speaking against that. We do, we're told we can do that, so we do it. But I wonder if we can grab a hold of this centurion's faith today. He said, I don't even need anybody to lay hands upon me today because God just wheeled his throne in here. His word is being spoken, and where the word of the king is, there is power that I believe that all Jesus needs to do is to speak the word of faith today. All he's got to do is declare, you be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And I reach up my faith and say, yes, Lord, that's all I need to hear. That's all I need to do. What is it that you need from God today? What do you need him to speak into your life today? His throne is here today. His throne has power on His wheels on it. There, his power is portable. We feel His Spirit in this place. His Word is being declared right now. And that tells me that the power of God is here. Because where the Word of the King is, there is power. This is not just some book not just some chapters and some words that we read. No. Is this the word of God or not? And so where the word of the king is, there is power. That's why when we get home, we open this thing up. I got to get these words out. I got to read these words. I got to consume them. Why? Because there's power in here. These are the king's words. For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even dividing asunder the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I believe that God wants to heal somebody today. Why? Because the word of God says, by his stripes we are healed. What more do you need than that? What more do you need than that? Than the king said, I took the stripes upon my back for your healing. And so I think we need to just take a moment and say, God, I want your power in my life. I need your word in my life. We're preaching your word. We're declaring your word. And I'm going to believe it today. I'm going to release my faith today. Would you do that with me? Would you begin to release your faith? God wants to touch somebody today. You can walk out of here healed today. Why can't I? Why can't you? Why can't you walk out of here delivered? Because the word of God already said it can happen. It's just a matter of faith. Well, let's release our faith in this place. I release faith in here that God would begin to touch. God would begin to work in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let your healing virtue flow. Lord, we rebuke the spirit of infirmity. We curse every sickness here today in the name of Jesus. Do you believe that with me? Do you believe in the power of his word? Come on, declare your healing. Declare your deliverance. God wants somebody to step out in faith today. Yes, I'm healed today. Yes, I'm delivered today. Come on, let's worship him. Let's cry out to him. Mountains are still His throne is here today. His power is here. Strongholds are still being loose. Don't walk out of here the same way. God, we believe in. Yes, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. That one 
wonders I I plead the blood of Jesus over your mind, your heart, your body. Bodies are still being raised. Come on, do you believe that? The power of God is here. Reach up and grab. Grab that throne. Grab your healing. Grab your deliverance. Yes, we can see it. The wonders are still what you do. Yeah. 
prayer man for those that are not here those that are not here specifically sister Allie she's not able to come uh, she's not feeling well but I believe that even those that are watching hear the word of God and what is it where the word of the king is there is power and so we want to pray for those that are watching 
I believe that if they're home right now and they lift their hands as we pray, I believe the power of God can come into that room. Why don't we do that right now? Let's pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we declare your healing power. When your word goes forth, Lord, while your stripes are we healed, we pray for a healing virtue to flow into the homes and the lives of those people there. God, that are worshiping you, that are lifting their hands before you. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed in Jesus' name. That your power would move in that place. They would feel your presence in there. They give you praise and glory. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we give the Lord some praise? Can we worship the Lord? Thank you, Jesus, for your word. Thank you for your healing power. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your throne. Hallelujah, that we can have access to. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. Amen. As you go, you are a child of God. You are a child of the King. And so wherever you go, the King is watching over you. What, don't you watch over your kids? And so while wherever you go, God's eyes are watching. His throne is there. Amen. And we want to walk in the power of God, right? Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Be, before we're dismissed, before we're dismissed, I want to ask somebody, ask a couple people, if you would help us to uh, clean, clean the bathrooms, clean the sanctuaries and things like that. Uh, it doesn't have to be right now, but we got the, uh, the memorial service there in the morning. And so, you know, let me know or let Sister Melinda know uh, if you want to help out. Because we don't want the bathrooms cleaned three times before the morning. And so, uh, let Sister Melinda know or myself, amen, and help us out there. We greatly appreciate that. Amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed today in Jesus' name. Go in the power of the Lord. When you need any power, just open the word of God and declare it. In Jesus' name.